Hi, I'm Tom Field, Senior Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today about endpoint security for the cloud generation, and to help explain this is Naveen Palavali. He's the Director of Product and Go-to-Market Strategy, Endpoint and Email Security with Symantec. Naveen, thanks so much for joining me today. Hi, Tom. How are you? Doing very well. Naveen, let's start here. How do you define the cloud generation? Yeah, great question. Uh, there are several trends that collectively describe the cloud generation. Organizations are rapidly migrating their services and data to the cloud infrastructure, uh, and it could be a public, private, or hybrid cloud. Uh, employees of these organizations are increasingly accessing these services and data outside the company perimeter, like from home, coffee shops, hotel, airports, etc. In fact, according to IDC research, nearly 75% of the workforce will be mobile by 2020. And the mobility here is not just the use of mobile devices, but also the use of traditional devices like PC Mac. Furthermore, employees are increasingly using their own personal devices in addition to corporate provided ones to get their job done. All of this represents a new attack surface that hackers are going after. Naveen, let's talk about this attack surface. What are the primary threats that concern you the most in this ever-evolving threat landscape? Sure, they primarily fall into three main categories. I think all of us will agree the number one issue our customer space is ransomware. We all witnessed the havoc caused by WannaCry and Petya earlier this year. Now, according to Symantec's latest threat report, there was a 36% increase in ransomware attacks. But the second category is targeted threats. There was a 55% increase in such threats, and attackers are, are getting increasingly stealthy. They're using something called living of the land attacks, where instead of deploying traditional file-based malware, they're using existing IT tools already deployed at most organizations. PowerShell is a classic example. You know, it's on by default in most organizations. However, more than 95% of the PowerShell scripts analyzed by Symantec uh, were malicious. Uh, this is important for IT security teams to recognize because if they were relying on just one protection technique, like machine learning as an example, you know, they would not catch uh, uh, this type of an attack. Uh, therefore, they need a multi-layered endpoint security approach which can protect against every type of attack vector. The third category, and this is often a neglected one, is attacks against mobile devices. They include specific malware written for mobile devices, like the Vault 7 category that was attributed to a three-letter agency. The second category is network-based attacks, like spoofed Wi-Fi. Consider how many of us access public Wi-Fi networks in airports, hotels, coffee shops. It is easy to set up a spoof network purporting to be the official airport network as an example. I'm not sure if you've heard about the Pineapple Router Town, but it makes this type of attacks very easy to pull off. Once you're connected to uh, such networks, the attackers becomes the man in the middle and is now able to eavesdrop into all of the traffic going on between the mobile device and the cloud, uh, including username and password. Uh, at that point, it is game over. Uh, there's also an ever-increasing number of vulnerabilities discovered in both iOS and Android software. According to semantic research, we are pro projecting a doubling of these vulnerabilities this year. Naveen, that's a great overview. And my follow-up question for you is, 
how do you find that cloud generation endpoint security challenges are unique in this landscape? So, you know, we talked about the trends for the cloud generation, the threats affecting them. These bring new challenges for endpoint security. In order to keep up with the expanding attack surface, organizations are resorting to patchwork approach because existing solutions are point products. For example, there's an AV vendor who will claim that they have the best prevention. The endpoint detection response vendors will claim that prevention is not enough, so you need an EDR product to investigate breaches and respond. And of course, you will also need perimeter and cloud security. So organizations will apply web security, email security, and cloud security. What uh, I just described is analogous to the Jenga game. Uh, now, I don't know, Tom, if you're familiar with the Jenga game or if our audience is familiar with it, but it really, you know, it consists of building a column, you know, with wooden blocks. Uh, just watch it on YouTube or something uh, if you're not familiar with it, and you'll instantly associate it with the everyday IT security firefighting. You are applying one security control on top of the other without any you know, integration between these products. And so you know, there is no cohesive security. And what eventually happens is that this complicated stack ends up having gaps. And these are the gaps that attackers will exploit to break in. Therefore, you need integrated cyber defense, endpoint security that integrates with the remainder of the security and IT infrastructure that organizations already have so that it becomes an adaptive security architecture that evolves with the threats. The second challenge that customers face is a severe shortage of security personnel. Now you couple this with the point security products problem that we just discussed, and you end up with high operational complexity. On average, organizations have 50 to 70 different security vendor products installed, and at the least, three to five different endpoint security agents installed. Uh, most of these products don't integrate with each other, by the way, Tom. Uh, with limited personnel and budgets, IT security is expected to deploy, learn how to use, manage, maintain all of these agents. All of this is causing high total cost of operations for IT security. Most CISOs and security leaders mention operational cost and complexity as a major issue plaguing their teams. So, Naveen, what are your recommendations for what items should be prioritized in a new endpoint security strategy? Firstly, organizations should utilize a defense in-depth strategy that includes securing both traditional endpoints like PC Mac, as well as mobile devices, including both BYOD and corporate provided ones. Now, there are five major security use cases that should be part of your endpoint security framework. They are prevention, detection and response, deception, and application isolation and control. Look for an endpoint security solution that will let you execute all these security use cases with a single agent. Organizations have enough work on their hands and should not have to struggle with multiple endpoint agents. Let's get into more detail you know, into each of these use cases. Now, the first one is comprehensive multi-layered prevention to block most of the threats. The prevention product should stop all types of attack vectors because we know malware incursions can happen via email, web, USB, and using both file-based malware and fileless malware, including memory-based attacks and scripts. Advanced prevention products will fuse signatureless technologies like machine learning, 
exploit prevention, behavior monitoring with proven technology like intrusion prevention, reputation analysis, et cetera. Also, pay attention to the false positives that such a product will generate because this can result in high IT help desk calls, which will distract you from fighting the attackers. Ideally, advanced products will provide an easy-to-use workflow to tune signatureless technologies and whitelist any uh, false positives that might result. The second use case is integrated endpoint detection and response, or EDR as it's commonly referred to, which will detect any threat that somehow bypass prevention. The EDR capability should automatically identify suspicious activity, prioritize it so that incident responders are focusing on unresolved incidents rather than what your prevention product has, has already blocked. This is another reason why EDR should be integrated with your prevention product. The EDR add-on should allow easy hunting for indicators of attack or compromise because many times you might learn from external sources that your organization may be part of an attack campaign and all the information you're given is just an indicator of a, uh, attack like a file hash or a url now uh, edr should also detect fileless attacks like memory-based attacks or malicious partial or macro another important consideration while evaluating edr products is that it costs hundreds of dollars to wipe an infected endpoint to a clean state and organizations can reap a big cost savings if their EDR product can allow for easy remediation so that you can restore endpoints to a pre-infection state. Uh, let's now talk about the third use case. It's a very interesting and, and a very innovative and new one. It's called endpoint deception. The problem deception tries to solve is identifying stealthy attacks. According to Ponymon Institute, adversaries persist in environments for an average of 191 days. They may be doing reconnaissance and mapping out the entire infrastructure and preparing to pull off attacks. But existing security tools don't provide enough insight into the attacker tools, techniques, and procedures or what they're doing at any point of time. And since you lack this insight, you cannot really adapt your security posture or harden it you know, to prevent the attack. Endpoint deception turns the tables on attackers by deploying a minefield of decoys or baits. These baits can include fake assets like files, credentials, terminal servers, etc. And advanced deception products will have customizable and granular baits. So when an attacker trips on one of them, for example, you know, uh, like doing a directory research or using a fake credential to log on to another endpoint, you know exactly where the attacker is or what attack technique is using. And with this adversarial knowledge, you can apply or modify your security control, like applying a new firewall rule. The fourth use case is application isolation and control. There are all kinds of software or applications that are installed on endpoints, you know, including IT software like Office, browsers, et cetera, which we cannot do without, and also employee downloaded ones. Uh, these applications have vulnerabilities all the time. Uh, there were almost 4,000 new zero-day vulnerabilities disclosed last year. And um, guess what? 10 out of 10 top attacker groups are using whitelisted software to infect endpoints. And, you know, it takes on, on average 12 plus weeks to patch an application vulnerability. 
So while patching is important and it should definitely be done, you also need application isolation and control. A good um, such product will allow you to defend trusted software from being infected from the vulnerabilities and it will also isolate untrusted applications from doing harm on your endpoint by running them in restricted privileges. Uh, more importantly, application isolation and control, you know, should not hamper end user productivity. So this should be another consideration while you're evaluating such uh, products. Now, finally, uh, Tom, endpoint security should not work in isolation. It should have an open API that will allow you to integrate with your remaining IT and security infrastructure, such as web and email security, so that you can detect at the perimeter and remediate at the endpoint. It should also have pre-built apps for ticketing systems and sense, and it should allow for security orchestration and response. Naveen, let's bring the conversation back to Symantec. What are you doing to help organizations tackle endpoint security for the cloud generation? Uh, so, Tom, last month we did uh, perhaps the biggest launch for our endpoint security called the Cloud Generation Endpoint Security. And this is really to help customers solve the uh, exact type of challenges we just discussed. Uh, it includes major enhancements across our entire endpoint security portfolio. Semantic Endpoint Protection 14, or SEP 14 as it's known, is our marquee enterprise solution. Uh, we launched it last year, and it has both signature technologies like machine learning, exploit prevention, behavior monitoring, and proven technology like intrusion prevention, reputation analysis. In fact, when WannaCry and Petya broke out earlier this year, we blocked more than a billion infection attempts, and there were no reported infections for sub-14 endpoints. In this launch, uh, we released sub-14.1 and added a new cloud console that allows IT security to optimize the endpoint protection. Uh, you know, you can now dial up and dial down the aggressiveness of the signatureless technologies, and you can do it in two modes. Now, one is the monitoring mode and the other one is the blocking mode. For example, you know, you might have high-risk groups in your environment like, you know, your C-level group or your finance group. And, you know, IT security might decide to dial up the aggressiveness of detections for such groups. What the product does, it, it now acts like a magnifying glass that allows you to detect every type of suspicious activity and provides an easy-to-use one-click whitelisting option to deal with false positives, or you can even do blacklisting if needed. And now we, we just covered SEP 14. SEP Cloud is our fully cloud-delivered solution. It's always up-to-date uh, endpoint security solution, which has the same efficacy as our SEP 14 uh, product, but it has this simplified management. You can be up and running in five minutes, securing your entire environment. Also, Tom, with this release, we have a full portfolio of endpoint detection response offering. We have integrated EDR add-on uh, with our sub-14.1 product called Advanced Threat Protection Endpoint. Uh, you don't need to install any new software, and you're up and running with EDR use cases uh, like the ones we just discussed uh, within the hour. Uh, in this release, we added Endpoint Activity Recorder, which is like a DVR for your endpoints. It records all endpoint activity and allows you to do incident playback, timeline analysis, etc. We added specific technology to detect fileless attacks, like the same malicious PowerShell attack and memory-based attacks that we just covered earlier. 
it also now has an on-premise sandbox option in addition to an uh, earlier integrated cloud sandbox that it always had. We also launched a new cloud-based EDR product called EDR Cloud, which is perfect for non-step deployments and for macOS, Linux, and embedded systems. The cool thing about this product it, uh, is that it has pre-built incident playbook that your incident response teams can use. Typically, SOC teams will have a mix of both uh, top IR analysts and uh, junior ones, right? This feature allows you to leverage the knowledge and experience of your top guys to build an incident playbook that the junior team members can use. Now, our SubSub 14.1 product has integrated endpoint deception capability. Uh, it requiring no new software, you can now deploy deception techniques across your entire sub-deployment and execute the uh, deception use cases that we uh, talked about. Both semantic managed security services as well as your own SOC can monitor the deception incidents and remediate them. We also launched sub-hardening, which again uses the same SEP agent, no new software to install, and provides integrated application isolation and control capabilities. Uh, this add-on uses the same Cloud Console and will do a complete inventory of all the installed applications and software. It will then correlate this with vulnerability information to really build uh, a heat map or an application attack surface map and auto-classify the applications into trusted ones and untrusted ones. Uh, you can now do two things. Firstly, you know you can defend your trusted applications like browser, office software, et cetera, by applying what we call a castle mode, which will prevent any vulnerabilities from being exploited. Secondly, you can isolate those suspicious applications in what we call a jail mode, which will prevent them from being infected. Lastly, we launched SIP Mobile, which provides advanced mobile threat defense for both BYOD and corporate managed devices for both iOS and Android. It uses a public app, uh, crowdsourced intelligence, and a full security stack to protect against physical network malware or vulnerability-based attacks. For example, this spoof Wi-Fi example we, uh, we talked about earlier, uh, this product can detect such networks and launch a VPN to your uh, corporate environment, preventing any man-in-the-middle attacks. Now, SubMobile complements your EMM solutions like enterprise mobility management solutions. Uh, we just covered a lot of technology, Tom, but you might ask, what is the semantic difference? Uh, it is twofold. Firstly, our approach is to use a single agent to do prevention, detection, and response, deception, application isolation and control, and mobile threat defense. With this kind of an approach, you know, this results in big savings for our customers due to high operational efficiency and a low TCO. Secondly, our endpoint security helps you realize integrated cyber defense. It has pre-built integrations with email and web security, pre-built apps for SIMs like Splunk, ticketing systems like ServiceNow, and security orchestration. It also has an open API to export telemetry and to do SOC automation. Uh, so Tom, I covered a lot of ground in a short time. Uh, but for more details, I would encourage our audience to visit semantic.com forward slash products forward slash endpoint. We have videos, demos, white papers, data sheets, webinars, 
other assets to go into full detail into all the capabilities we just discussed. Well, Naveen, that was very thorough and engaging. Thank you so much for your time and for your insight today. Thank you, Tom. We've been talking about endpoint security for the cloud generation. And again, I've been speaking with Naveen Palavali. He's director of product and go-to-market strategy, endpoint and email security with Symantec. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.